from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 208, Top 5 Movies of 1988. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. It has been a while, John, since, number one, since you and I have talked, but it's also been a while since we've done a Top 5 Movie list, which I did not realize how long it has been. Uh, We were talking just before we started recording here. It has been since July of 2017 that we did Top 5 Movies of 1987. That is way too long. I was stunned when you said that, and yeah, man, I couldn't believe it. I, of course, I can't believe it's been two months since we recorded last, or even more than a little, little two months. Uh, I know. So how, how have things been for you in, have, in those things two have months? Been, yeah, things have been good. Um, I, I know we were talking a little bit right before recording. Uh, it, it's one of those things where just as I think I'm getting things going with the show and getting, you know, episodes out and I'm like, okay, now I'm video recording again and stuff like that. And I've got a couple of videos actually ready to go, uh, where I actually talk some Joe comics, which I'm excited about. Uh, and then, uh, and just my thoughts on some of the other things that have been going on related to the show. And as soon as that happens, I'm like, boom, I got a cold and boom, this comes up or that comes up. And I'm like, Life just does not want me to get these shows out on a consistent basis, <laughs> but uh, but things are good. Life is life has been actually really good. Uh, my wife and I have gone to like an Indians game. We've got some things coming up. Uh, going uh, to we're going to be going to another Indians game. We, we went to a concert uh, with uh, Bare Naked Ladies, which was a blast. Uh, and yeah, we just we've we're. The first half of our year was not good. We are making the second half of our year awesome. That's great. Glad to hear that. So, How have things been with you, man? Well, for all the content that you have struggled to put out, I have been just cranking out podcasts week after week after week. We have had just an incredible ride, and uh, I want to thank those of you that have checked out the HR Social Hour Half Hour 
Uh, those of you who have left reviews, I have not forgotten you. You are going to get good stuff, I promise. Uh, but yeah, it has just been crazy. The show has really picked up. We've got a tremendous audience. Uh, I, I just can't, I can't explain how much things have changed, how much, how much activity we've had. I uh, had an opportunity to actually take part with, uh, the social media team for our, my big, uh, the big HR organization, uh, 200 plus thousand members. I was one of 60 people on a social media team at our annual conference in Chicago, 20,000 people there. Uh, it was amazing and got to meet people from literally the other side of the planet and do podcasts with them. And, uh, yeah, so that stuff's been super exciting and a lot of fun. After the Jamie Cosley show, I actually had a chance to go check out Jamie's display at the Cultural Arts Center in Glen Allen, and it was great. Had a chance to visit with Jamie a little bit more. Um, he had a he had a he was having a great time, just hanging out, and he did some sketching for people. Uh, we we got to see the Lego exhibit that was also going on. I know I posted a couple pictures way back on the Facebook page, but there was one where. If you stood in one air, one side of it, you saw Chewbacca, and if you stood on the other, yeah. basically the other side of it, you saw Han Solo. It was crazy. Like the that guy is awesome. super talented, and that was really really neat to see too. But yeah, um, that and, and doing a lot of work travel, and but I have seen a lot of movies, and I know we're going to talk vintage movies here in a little bit. We're going to have a special guest uh, joining us for that, yeah. uh, but. Um, in the meantime, though, in the last two months, I know you talked solo. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see it in the theater. No. I will uh, at some point. Um, I want to talk Deadpool 2 first. Okay. Because, well, a couple, couple of things oh, yeah, before sorry. we jump into the yes. movies. No, I just wanted to mention you were talking about getting a chance to see uh, Jamie's show. I, there was a couple, just a couple life event things that were very positive things uh, with some of our listeners. Uh, one, our... Uh, my good friend Sam, uh, who's been on the show uh, a couple times with us, has been out to Baltimore and everything else. Uh, I think you got to meet him this past Baltimore kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he just had his first child. so I had seen that. Congratulations. Yeah, I wanted to congratulate him. And then also, I, I think this has been a while back still, but I we never mentioned it on the show, but another listener of ours, Mr. Brian Lang, uh, got married. He did indeed. So I uh, wanted to send congratulations to him as well. Um, I, I love when I get to really connect with a lot of the listeners out there. And uh, and it's awesome because you've had times where you've brought up to me like, hey, I went to this convention for your HR stuff and, or the, you know this meeting and stuff like that. And this person actually listens to Star Joe's too. And I'm, I'm always blown away. But we've been getting more and more people popping up that I don't recognize their name initially and are starting to participate more on the Facebook pages and Twitter and Instagram and everything else. And I love that because I'm getting to know more people. And then I get to share these awesome life events with them, the things, the good things that are going on for them and and everything else. And um, I just, I wanted to make sure I mentioned those particular moments because those are obviously huge, you know, marriage Absolutely. And, and, and a new child are just awesome things. So very, very exciting times. Uh, wish them well in, in new adventures because as someone, someone that's had both adventures, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're a lot of fun. Absolutely. I will, and I will say, I, and I think I may have told you this story, speaking of people we meet along the way, uh, I was in Chicago and met, met a young lady who, asked me was I going to Joe Con 
And I'm like, that's a really specific question <laughs> at an HR event. I said, no, I'm not going to Joe Con. I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, it was actually the week at, it was the weekend after the conference that we were in. And I said, how in the world do you know about Joe Con? She's like, well, my brother's a huge Joe collector. He listens to your show. So that was, cr- <laughs> that was crazy. That is uh, awesome. You know, that, that's just, uh, yeah, you know, all these worlds smashing awesome. the world together. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I, I, sorry to jump the gun a bit there, but it, yes, Sam, no, no. congratulations and, and Brian, uh, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it, it really is like it, as little as I've been able to get out there, and, and I know people still appreciate what get what does get out there. But I have been still very active with the community, and I really, like I said, I really love getting to know people more and more because, as we've talked about many times, it happens with podcasts. You, the, everyone gets to know us pretty well, and we are exactly who we seem to be um on the show but when we get to then in turn get to know them that's that's when it's really fun and that's when it really does become a community is when we get to absolutely really get to know each other so um but yeah let's talk some uh, some deadpool 2 uh because i i definitely got to see it i know you got to see it so what what were your thoughts on it i i really liked it yeah uh i i can't say it was better than the first one it was yeah. different yeah. uh for sure <laughs> Uh, it was certainly not as uh, I don't know, not as much sexy time. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't, you know, because of what happens. I thought the opening was absolutely brilliant. The, yes, those opening credits were just astounding. the The X Force shtick was amazing, <laughs> and I I lost it in the theater when when the uh, invisible person is suddenly visible. I had no idea that person was in that movie. Yes, I agree. And I was the only person, I think, in the theater that picked up on who it was. Oh, okay. Because I just kind of busted out. And then, of course, closing credits, the single best end sequence to any – I don't care what movie, what, <laughs> well, what universe or whatever. Yeah. Holy cow. And I, I, was, I saw it on my birthday. Uh-huh. I, in the afternoon, there were four people in the audience. And three of us were losing our minds. I mean, we That's were just awesome. dying laughing. And the other one was the one of the guys that was his wife, girlfriend, significant other lady friend that was with him. She didn't – she wasn't laughing that hard. We were – the rest of us were just <laughs> dying because it was – I couldn't believe it. I, th- those guys just nailed it. And are they going to make a third one? Probably. Oh, yeah. Can they, can they – you know – I think they could keep it up because I know they had changes with direction and what have you, but I thought it was, it was, it was very, very solid. Again, what I say, it's better than the first one. It's just different, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it still had some heart. It still had some heart to it. Like the first one did too. Like, you know, and I appreciate that because it wasn't just, uh, being sticky for the sake of being that way. Uh, yep. there was a story being told and there was some heart and some meaning behind the stuff that they were telling. And then they just, and they twist a lot of it on its ear at the end there, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they kind of leave it open. Like if they really want to go in a certain direction now, they, they can like certain characters that you thought weren't around anymore could still be around for the next movie if they really want to. Um, and uh, yeah, I did. I recognized who the invisible uh, person was. Uh, did you also? I didn't know this going. Well, I knew this going into the movie because someone told me. There's also a certain actor that appears as one yeah. of the uh, truck 
hillbillies. Yeah, Hillbilly I, guys. I did not until after the fact. Yeah, and I saw the picture. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's one of those things that was almost yeah. so quick. I wasn't yeah paying that much attention right. to get it. But the other one was just so obvious. I, yes. I yeah, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. And that soundtrack, yeah, the the orchestra stuff with the language. <laughs> I was in tears, uh, and I sent it to Shannon. I was like, "You gotta listen to this." I said, "We, you, we, we gotta see this movie at some point together." But listen to this, and he, he was, he got a kick out of it. He got a kick out of it for and sure. You're talking about the opening credits, the opening sequence, and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's the only movie that I can think of where I was anxious on the edge of my seat when those opening credits started, because I was like, oh my god, after knowing what they did in the first one, this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it like, was. Because, you know, was. those opening credits, you typically are like, okay, fine, they're, they're doing a montage, whatever, you know. But this, it's like, no, you need to pay attention to every little thing they're doing, because there's going to be stuff in the background that means something, there's going to be the words on the screen are going to mean stuff. Like, there's just, oh my god, it was fantastic. It was, so. it was really, really good. I guess on the other... Other end of the, uh, uh, well, a more family-friendly superhero movie was Ant-Man Wasp, yes. which I got to check out, too. What'd you think? Um, personally, I've heard from a lot of people that liked it more than the first Ant-Man. I actually think I liked the first Ant-Man more. I enjoyed it. I I love the the addition of Wasp being in there, and, and uh, I loved Evangel- uh, Evangeline Lilly. Uh, she, I thought she did a fantastic job. I enjoyed it. I had fun. It's kind of middle of the road Marvel movie for me. I think I my expectations are so high now with them uh, that this one was like, okay, it was fun. Glad I saw it. I probably could have waited till video. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was gonna say it, it was kind of forgettable. It yeah. was it was fun. Yeah. The end sequence in that was amazing. Yes. Uh, I saw it in the theater with my friend Rob, and I, I li- literally, as soon as that end sequence was over, I looked at him and said, "Kevin Feige's the evil overlord. That guy is <laughs> whoever you know, whoever that writers' room that's yeah. coming up with that stuff." I thought it was great, and there were yeah. people in the audience just c- kind of stunned. Yeah, and I thought, wait, they, they got to explain. I kept thinking, what are they going to explain? Something they got to do something tied into the other movies. Yeah, I, and and the way I and when it got to the end, I'm like, oh, that's how they're going to do it. Oh, right, okay. interesting. Right, and uh, yeah, and I've heard theories as far as what that end that end sequence is going to mean. And right. my thought is, it's a way to explain him not being in the second Avengers movie. Other people have said that it's a way to explain how he might help save the day in mm. the next Avengers movie. And I was like, I don't know. I think it might be a way to keep him out of the Avengers movie. I yeah. don't know. It, it could go either I, way. Yeah. I, 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 again, it, like you said, could you wait? And yeah, it was, it was, yeah. we saw it opening weekend just to say we did. Sure. And again, it was fun. Yeah. But uh, I already forgot most of it. Yeah. And, and I thought some of the, shtick in the first one and like the Michael Pena stuff was much funnier in the first one. Yeah, and, and I, still kind of do, I still I still enjoyed it, was, it though. It was yes, again. Yeah, that is the that is the thing. The Michael Pena stuff, even though I liked it better in the first one, I still really laughed when he did when they did it again in yeah, this one. It, <laughs> yeah, like I, again it was and I haven't watched the first one I don't think I've seen it since I saw it in the theater. I maybe saw it yeah. once on video. I can't even remember. I mean, it does a few years ago now. Yeah. But again, it, it's if it's on I'll watch it. It was fun. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, like you said, you, and it's almost hard to have all those built up and up yeah. and up and up. But. 
And I will say, if anyone has not seen it and is planning to go see it, do not wait till the end and credit scenes. There is a mid-credit scene that John and I were just kind of referring to that you definitely want to see that, the mid-credit one. Uh, but there is a after-credit scene that is <laughs> so not worth staying <laughs> that I cannot stress that enough. There, it is, I had a friend that warned me. Uh, in fact, it was my friend Sam who I mentioned earlier. He says, yeah. "Don't, it's not worth staying." And I was like, "Well, I'll probably stay till the end, anyways." And I stayed till the end. I texted him. I was like, "You are so right. That was not worth staying for." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like you said, it was a fun movie. I'm not, I'm not disappointed that I saw it, but I probably could have that one. I could have waited for. Could have to see it. Yeah. yeah. Now I know you. You texted me. You got to see my favorite big dumb movie of the year so far. Yeah. In Pacific Rim Uprising, and I'm curious what you what you thought I, of that. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I I don't want to say I liked it. It kind of like what you were saying with Deadpool too. I don't want to say I liked it better than the first one. It was different than the first one, um, and I really I really enjoyed it a lot. I it was giant robots versus giant monsters, and giant robots versus other giant robots, and that's what I knew I was going in to see. And so I had a lot of fun watching it. I, I've seen a lot of reviews about it that just kind of downplayed it and everything else. And I think a lot of them had, you know, the fact that director was different and everything else stuck in their mind. And I'm like, no, this was a fun movie. It was a really good time. And I thought um, uh, John Boyega was fantastic. He was funny. He was the yeah. funniest part of the. Th- I mean, yeah. yeah. I, again, as I said at the time, it was big, dumb fun. I, yeah. I did not want. It, it it was not Del Toro, which is fine because yeah. that that first one really is is still. I just love it very very much. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one, and again, I liken it to the CW shows or, you know, one of the I don't know. I I think I said Dawson's Creek at the time. I don't know something because they're obviously building to have a bunch of teenagers be the pilots. Yeah, you know, yeah. the next generation of pilots, yeah. and that's fine. I mean, I would go watch it. Would they do a third one? Would I go see it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I. I, totally I, would. I I really really had a good time, but yeah, I, I also walked away not thinking, oh, this is earth shattering. Right, right. But, now know. I will tell you a couple other movies I saw that we didn't mention before we started recording, but uh, talking about big dumb fun, uh, I saw Rampage. Uh, okay, which I thought was fun. Uh, it, it it was what I thought it would be, <laughs> which was the Rock and giant creatures beating up a city. That's what it was. <laughs> There's a couple points where the CGI is a little like, okay, you can tell, totally tell it's CG, but I'm like, but it's giant monsters. Of course it's going to be CG. So, um, yeah, it, it was fun. It's got The Rock in it. The Rock, I've, I've yet to see a movie where I went, you know what, The Rock really sucked in that movie. That's not, <laughs> like, he was, he was The Rock. He was awesome. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, so I enjoyed that one, and I also got to see um, uh, A Quiet Place, which was the uh, one that was written by, written and starred the actor that played Jim. Oh, yeah, John Krasinski. Yeah. Krasinski, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Um, it's a suspense movie. It's not a, I wouldn't call it a horror movie, even though the trailer of it makes it seem like it could be that. Uh, it's just definitely a sci-fi movie, and it's got a lot of suspense in it. Um, and I don't know what it is. I, I saw a reviewer that said, I don't know what it is about these comedic actors from sitcoms and stuff all of a sudden writing 
serious drama type movies and doing a really good job with them, but they need to keep doing it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had Get Out, which was a very good movie uh, by a comedic actor, and now we had A Quiet Place by a comedic actor. Um, so, yeah, it, I thought that was a very good movie and it's worth worth giving it a watch. So, Well, I know we, we wanted to talk a bit about because of the '80s connection, when I talk about Ready Player One, yes, I, uh, I I don't I don't remember. Did you see it in the theater? I did not. Uh, it okay. was one of those situations where the timing was just off for me, and I just did not get to see it in the theater. Yeah. So I've gotten to see it uh, online, uh, okay, yeah. and uh, that's how I watched it. And I've only seen it. I've only watched it one time, but. It is a movie I'm going to need to watch many, many, many times just to see all the references. I'll tell you, it's really funny. You know, I I talked about this when we did the hundredth episode or the two hundredth episode. I think it was there when I mentioned that a lot of times when I'm out speaking, people when I bring up being on Star Joe's, people say, "Oh, have you read Ready Player One?" Which I still haven't read the book. Yeah, and I, I didn't know what I was getting into when I went in to see it. Okay. I really enjoyed it, but it was not what I thought it was going to be. Okay. <laughs> I, if that may, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I guess I didn't realize so much it would – I knew it took place in the Oasis and there would be this whole CG thing. I guess I just didn't realize how much of it took place there. I, and, and silly me, I should have known. I, I really, really liked it a lot. Yeah. I, it, I watched it twice. I watched it back-to-back days, once with Daniel and once with Heidi. and nice. uh, Super fun. I geeked out a lot, uh, you know, when when he when he's dressed as Buckaroo Banzai, yes. when uh, you know when they when the Iron Giant gets there. Oh yeah. When Mecha Godzilla shows up. Yes. And then when the I one dude. I can't believe how many references yeah. they were able to get. Well, in this and movie. like the Hello Kitties that were walking around. Yes. You know, like all oh, these people stopped trying to figure out the secret, and so they're going to just you know be whatever. But then. When the one dude jumps out of the helicopter or whatever and turns into a Gundam, I lost my yes. shit. <laughs> that was the best. And oh man, there was it was so much fun. And I'll tell you one thing, I don't know if you saw noticed this, and it's just me. We've talked a lot about Howard Shaken on the show. Mm-hmm. The um the bad guy. Uh, the guy was Krennic and yeah. Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. When he was his avatar in the in the world, yeah. didn't it look like American flag? Oh yeah, like Ruben Flag. <laughs> yes, he had a black jacket. He had the black hair, and he just looked like American Flag. I don't. Yeah. It made me laugh when I saw it. I was like, I wonder if somebody did that on purpose. But um, no, man, it was. It well, was. You, have, you it had was, Bigfoot in there. You had the DeLorean in yeah. there. You had the Ghostbusters had the, vehicle. The '66 Batmobile. In yes. There. <laughs> but it was pointed out to me like you're. If anyone could get the okay to use all these references, it would be Spielberg. Like. Call in a few favors and get the okay. I mean, there was like Robbie the robot was in there. Um, they had uh, someone did a still shot and it showed that like He Man was in one of the battle scenes. Yeah. It was, well, and Freddy Krueger and yes. RoboCop and Chucky and, and Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. <laughs> that was hilarious. And the fact they they play Atari in it was. Yes. I mean, it, it really was. It was really. It was just really really fun and. Uh, I will be interested to see how it holds up. Yeah. You know, in 20 years, will people look at it, you know, because you know, really who is the – I know who the audience is, but, you know, if you think about it, because I, I know so many people read that book and, yeah. and and just are very fond of it and with good reason because, again, yeah. it's just – it was 
when you it was the whole a shining, lot, a lot of the, all the shining sequences in there, um, you know, for them to unlock the one key. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just all of that. It, it really is a, a time capsule of what the 80s were. I mean, it was just because it was a lot. It was it was excess, which is what the 80s were. were. Sure. I mean, it's like it was true, a true movie of excess. Um, but yeah, it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know it's going to be a movie, like I said, that I will watch happily multiple times. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm flipping through, so I have in front of me the art. Yeah, you said you had the art book, right? Yeah, the art of Ready Player One. Uh, and there's just all these awesome, like, pictures. There's, like, Napoleon uh, Bonaparte riding a dinosaur, and there's a giant scorpion in front of him. Um, I mean, it gives me an idea of some of the stuff I need to look for. Uh, like, they have the uh, they have the joust uh, from the oh, wow. joust. They have, like, ostrich with the, the knight, you know, the rider on it. Uh, Spawn was evidently in the movie. I saw Spawn. Yeah, I did uh, see Spawn. They had the thunder tank. From Thundercats. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's so much. Here. Uh, there was the Cyclops uh, from, uh, oh, the classic, uh, what's his stop motion uh, mythology? Oh, like the Jason and the Argonauts? Yeah, that, that type of that wow. type of Cyclops. He was in it at one point. There was well, <laughs> some of the tanks, I, I mean. It was funny because when Daniel and I watched it, we agreed. We said, we're going to watch the credits because we wanted to see them list all the stuff. <laughs> and then they didn't. And we're like, yeah. wah, wah. You know, it was, hey, thanks. Th- thanks, these other companies. And it was, you know, what, 15 names on there or whatever. Right. It, it it ran the gamut, and I and I do like the fact it had modern stuff too. Like it had a lot of Overwatch, you know, yeah. characters, and it, so it was kind of neat to see some more current things. But yeah, yeah man, it was um like I yeah, said, the, it was fun, and I do think I want to go read the book now because yeah. I've heard it is a bit different, right? And I think that I think in the book it's not The Shining, but don't hold me to it. And if anybody's read it, don't spoil it for us. We'll. Don't yeah. don't put it in the show comments. We'll figure it out somewhere. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, again, it was like I said, just super fun, and the soundtrack was great. Uh, John Williams again, and yes. I listened to it and heard a lot of Superman. Heidi listened to it and thought oh, it was yeah. Harry Potter. So it was just that yeah. was, <laughs> was kind of crazy. Too. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's one of those movies. Like I said, I, I'm looking forward to watching it up on on big screen at my house uh, and. Just really, you know, delving into it. I'm hope I'm. I don't. I didn't purchase the actual like Blu-ray set or anything like that yet. I'm going to get that, but it's uh, one that I'm hoping there's like a movie commentary or something like that that accompanies it because that will be one that I I will watch with the movie commentary. Yeah. Uh, is and it's one that could almost it almost deserves multiple movie commentaries. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you could almost have one that's from the director and then you could have one that's from the writers and one that, you know, just to kind of see what did they take from the book and what did they put in this and what was original and stuff. Uh, cause even just flipping through the art book, which I'm a huge fan of like concept art and everything else yeah. I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, you know, you see the, the vehicle from Akira, the motorcycle from Akira. And I've never seen Akira, but I know the reference. Like when you see it, you're like, okay, that's from Akira. I've never seen Akira, but they knew how to pick those iconic things that most people will at least be able to identify. Right. Um, and I do have the, uh, I do have the uh, book as well, and I do want to read it. And I have heard that it's uh, a bit different from 
uh, what we had before, so or what we saw in the movie. So, and uh, with that note, I did hear that, or I did get a message that our special guest is ready. You must be out of your goddamn mind. Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer ever lived. I'll be with you boys in a minute. He was bad in Captain Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that? You, the new boy here. Mike, Mike Tyson. Look like a bulldog. He bad in him too. He done whipped Mike Tyson there. He whipped all their asses. What about Rocky Marciano? Oh, there they go. There they go. Every time I start talking about boxing, a white man got to pull Rocky Marciano out their ass. That's the one. That's the one. Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Let me tell you something wonderful. Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano ain't shit. He bit Joe Lewis's ass. That's right. He did whoop Joe Lewis's ass. Joe Lewis was 75 years old when he fought. I don't know how old he was, but he got his ass whooped. Joe Lewis had come out of retirement to fight Rocky Marciano. The man was 76 years old. Joe Lewis always lied about his age. He lied about his age all the time. One time, Frank Sinatra comes out here and sat down in this chair. And I said, Frank, you hang out with Joe Lewis. Just between me and you, how old is Joe Lewis? You know what Frank told me? He said, hey, Joe Lewis, 137 years old. 137 years old. Oh, man, you ain't never meet no Frank Sinatra. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? Well, welcome back, everyone. If you're ready for our special guest, our, our very special guest, uh, you've heard him on the show before, but we're always happy to have him come back on. Uh, Mr. Brian Shearer, thank you for joining us once again. Thanks for asking me back for the third time. All right, two more times and you become a you become a co-host. <laughs> That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Well, but he didn't tell you this is the last episode. So. Oh, wah, wah. <laughs> So, uh, so you've had a lot going on recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I think the last time I was on here, we were talking about the uh, Kickstarter, weren't we? Yes, we were. Yep. So we're on the other side of that, and that got funded, and uh, I got the books in the mail two weeks ago. Nice. And I am in the process of doing all the sketches, and uh, as I was doing the sketches, I realized, you know, I'm taking pictures of them, and I'm putting them on, um, <clears throat> you know, Instagram and whatever. Yeah. And... People started asking me if they could buy the book, and initially I wanted to like fulfill all the Kickstarter stuff first. But then I'm like, you know, that would be stupid from a marketing standpoint not to make it available as I'm drawing these. So right. um, I put it up for for sale at my website, brian-shearer.com, and I've got a big cartel store. So in bet- I think in between tiers, like I just finished all the rewards for the $25 level, yeah. and I think then I'm going to do the ones who have ordered it, then I'm going to do the um, – the next tier and just kind of work them in in between. So uh, everybody that's ordered it won't, it's, it won't affect their, you know, being, it's not going to be late. So, right. um, so yeah, and then I took it to a uh, convention last weekend and actually sold quite a few copies and people seem to like it. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It's, uh, it seems awesome. like it's doing well. Congratulations, Brian. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, in the picture, the, the pictures you've been posting of the sketches for it. Damn. I just, yeah. man. And I'm looking forward to just flipping through it because you made the comment that a lot of people were flipping through it and getting some good laughs out, out of some yeah. images that you did and stuff. And I was like, okay, I really want to see what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I've done like little printed up my own art books before and they never really sold well. And, and I don't know if it's just because I'm at a point just with my career that I, you know, I have a better, bigger audience right now. Um, and, and I've gotten better, I guess. But um which, yeah, yeah, and, and this, it's like, yeah, but I mean, I, mean I, I took it to the show and, you know, I actually had to restock it on the table because uh, somebody came by and said he was flipping through it, waiting on a panel, and then he, he really liked it and came back to tell me. And I'm like, well, that's 
pretty rare for an art book. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully it'll be a little entertaining. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a. I'm happy with it. I'm happy that how it all turned out. And um, so yeah, awesome. And uh, I'm going to save the. In my opinion, I'm going to save the best thing to talk about for last. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about is uh your duke issue that came out like i said about probably a few weeks ago uh yeah july 11th i think it was yeah Yeah. um reception so far has been very good for it uh i have my three copies of it that i got so okay yeah Yeah, i mean i I haven't got any death threats or you suck emails so uh um, oh you avoid his tank right (laughs) yeah i do uh (laughs) for you uh, I, I typically don't. I typically don't go and like you know, Google myself for reviews. That's not a healthy thing to do. No. Uh, but I did have a couple of people you know who were you know, very into that. My, my biggest worry was the all the equipment and stuff getting it right. And I had you know a couple of people say that I uh, that were into that thing and they they really liked what I did. So I'm like okay, all right. Okay. So I guess I, I pulled it off. So yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, I I will be. Uh, I've already started doing my reviews, uh, and I'll be posting the first one probably within this coming week of uh, the special missions. I'm actually going to do a video review for each one, including yours, uh, and uh, I promise to be kind. No, I'll be honest, <laughs> but I will be kind in my yeah. honesty, so... Uh, I try to always be kind in what I'm saying, unless the person gives me a reason this, to this, not. This sucks. I don't, I don't wish he would die. Uh, I hope he lives a long time, but this issue sucks. This was the worst of all of them. You know? um, but, uh, but no, I, I actually am looking forward to actually... I have not read the issue myself only because I am holding off so that I can right. do the do the review read the next issue, do the review. So I'm, and that's the only reason I have not read it yet. So, um, but, uh, and then, uh, I said, I wanted to save the last, uh, the best for last, which is, uh, you had William the last, uh, out there and you just, why don't you announce to people what you just found out recently about it? Well, let's see. It was in issue one was in previews, uh, during July. And I did the, uh, little hustle thing and got people to take physical copies to their stores and was talking about it till I felt sick, sick talking about it. <laughs> um, but then today I found out that it was the top selling book for Antarctic press last month. So that is fantastic. So thank you. Thank you to everybody that took copies. I think uh, we were well, all of a sudden done. We hit over a hundred stores, uh, people physically going and handing off copies and, and talking to their shops. So uh, hopefully we can, we can keep it going, keep the momentum going for issue two, which is in previews this month. So yeah. it's a month, monthly thing. So, Absolutely. so yeah. That is awesome. I was so excited when I saw that, and I was like, oh, good, we're going to have him on tonight. We can talk about that and celebrate a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That was awesome, awesome news. So, uh, And I, I obviously I've read the first issue and really enjoyed it. I'm interested to see where it goes because uh, you definitely, even in that first issue, you open it up to, oh, like, Oh, the, that's one of those oh the places you will go. Who knows you know, which yeah. direction yeah. it's going to go in? But it's uh, it's definitely a, a world builder that you're you're starting there. So yeah, and I'm uh, eight issues ahead. So comes out on September 29th, I think. Okay. 
And then issue two is October 31st, and uh, I've got you know eight months ahead, so it it shouldn't be behind, at least not on not on my end. I don't know what else Good. might happen. So sure, that's awesome. Well, you guys ready to talk some movies of uh, 1988? Let's, do, Let's it. do it. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Brian, I don't know if you. Did you put yours in, in in your top like a top five order? No, I've, I've got a list of of the movies that came out, and I'm just going to okay. go through them and, and talk about the ones that really stood out and that I remember. Okay. Um. So yeah. Well, I know John and I do have a top five list, but then I have honorable mentions we can talk about. And, okay. And uh, so John and I will go through our top five lists. Uh, please feel free to interject and talk about any thoughts you have about any of the movies we mention, and then we will it will be a free for all pretty much after that. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, so John, why don't why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your number five? Okay, well, I guess I should start with I don't believe there was a Hal Needham movie in 1988, <laughs> uh, sadly. But uh, my number five is one that I didn't see until much, much later in life. And I was always fascinated with the topic for some odd reason. And the soundtrack was interesting to me, or based on who who it was. But it's a movie called Tucker: The Man in His Dream. Oh, oh yeah, and, I, yeah. And it's all about Preston Tucker, who designed a car called the Tucker Torpedo. Yeah. It was much safer. It had seat belts. It had headlights that turned when you turned. But people kind of kept him down, and it was all about how he. You know, it was all about how he tried to build this car and, and was really pushing to to make automobiles safer and all. It, it's a period piece. It's set in the f- late 40s. Uh, beautifully shot movie. It's a Coppola film. Uh, Jeff Bridges is plays Preston Tucker. It's it's a great movie. It's not the the most uplifting thing you're ever going to see. <laughs> Joe Jackson wrote the soundtrack, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. I'd always heard of it. I just never saw it until. I'm going to say like 10 years ago, and I've watched it multiple times since because it just really struck me. And again, I, I, I always tend to like period pe- you know, period pieces, especially the, the, the 40s and the, the car designs and things are just really, really interesting. And so, yeah, Tucker, The Man in His Dream at number five. I remember that one. Um, there, 1988 was a year where I remember a lot of previews and posters. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And 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 and, it, and that's one that I always remembered. I don't know. I never even saw it, but I remember the the poster and I remember the uh um you know when it was coming out. I don't know why, but Yeah. I, and not much like you were John, I didn't see it till later in life because I think at because at the time it came out, I was 13. I was I was seeing a lot of the movies like sure. like we talked about when it when we started doing this decade, it was like there was very few movies I saw in the theater because of the age that I was. At this point, I was 13. I was going to the movie all movies all the time, and I was seeing just about anything and everything, even stuff I probably wasn't legally supposed to be going into the movie to see because I wasn't <laughs> at the age yet. But the movie theaters didn't care at that time. They just like okay, they just wanted to take your money and let you go in. Um, and parents didn't care either. They they parents were not too overprotective back then. So <laughs> they're like, as long as you weren't coming home cussing at them, you were fine. Um, so, but uh, Tucker was one where. You know, I think because it was a period piece and everything, I said age 13, I was like, okay, I have no interest in seeing that. But later in life, I did watch it, and I thought it was fantastically done. Uh, it it definitely shows... Uh, it's the type of movie I, I love to watch f- 
for probably the same reason you do. It's just somebody that does not want to give up on his dream. It, he, everyone's telling him it can't be done and it shouldn't be done, and he's like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. So um, my number five uh, was very tough for me to even put at it's you know you do the top four and then you have that last spot for the fifth and it's like so many movies could fit into there uh this is also much like you said john this is a movie i didn't see till later and i'm glad i saw it later because i don't think i would have appreciated the humor in it uh as much as i did until i was a bit older and that movie is funny farm with chevy chase okay um Absolutely love it. Uh, I love the the whole. Again, I, I think as a thirteen year old, I would not have appreciated it as much as I did when I was older and finally got to see it. Um, just the whole idea of him wanting to get away to a quiet place, and this place is anything but that. And then he wants to sell the home in order to do so. He's willing to pay off the entire town to be nice and friendly. <laughs> um, I'd learned from that movie to never eat lamb fries. <laughs> um, and that, and that, in my old age, I will probably want a yellow dog. So, <laughs> a dog that will lay by the fire, catch on fire, and not care. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. That that's the weird one. I have to say, '88 is really weird for me because I go yeah. back and look at this list, yeah. and I recognize all these titles, and I saw them. But I, I was talking to my wife about it, and I said, you know, most of these movies I haven't seen since probably 1990. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. my top five is like, for me, it was fairly easy to say, yeah, because these are the ones I watched the most. Yeah. And other ones, I'm like, oh, they're good, but I haven't watched them in years for whatever yeah. reason. Just, there, you know, they're just, I don't have, I don't like, own them. And, you yeah, know, there was a lot like that for me, too, where it was just like, like you said, I, I saw them like a few times back then, and then that was, that's been it. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, I, I have quickly organized a top five list. Hey, nice. All right, All right so I'm going to say number five on my list is The Naked Gun. Nice. Because that is what introduced me to uh, Police Squad, which I think is funnier than The Naked Gun yes. movies. Yes. Um, and so there was a whole period in like uh, – uh, middle school and me and a couple of my friends, we were trying to write little skits and things. We did like puppets at church. And so we would come up with, with, we would come up with scripts that had nothing to do with church. Like they were just to entertain <laughs> us and they were all very police squad. So that, that, uh, naked gun is, is, um, uh, I'm sure it has warped my psyche somehow. <laughs> so that's number five for me. Very nice. Right. Uh, and I totally agree. Police Squad is much funnier than the Naked Gun yeah. movies. But uh, uh, and also, uh, Brian, just so you know, for uh, the quote unquote rules of this is if we do mention a movie that is somewhere else on your list, do not reveal where it is on your list. You can wait until you okay. can talk about the movie, but don't reveal where it is on your list until it is your turn to get to that point on your list. So, OK. All right. But, um, but obviously, feel free to talk about any of the movies we talk about. So. Um, but yeah, that's a fantastic one. So, uh, John, what is your number four? Believe it or not, it's Police Squad. Nice, <laughs> nice. And, and for the, I, I think for the same reasons as as Brian talked about I, the the Police Squad. I, I I just I think I picked it up at the library or something. The 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 series is on DVD somewhere, and I, I watched it. I don't know, maybe a year ago. 
forgot just how friggin' brilliant it was and so goofy and just off the wall. And and yes, these movies are not as silly or they're, they're silly, but not in that same way, maybe intellectual or yeah, it, uh, yeah. absurd maybe, but they're really, really funny. And the only, the, the one thing that stuck out from, for, for me in this one is at the end when the, when they run over the bad guy with the steamroller and then the USC marching band stomps on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, I, I, do they hold up? I don't know. I haven't watched these in a while. Yeah, but that while. show is amazing. Yeah, the show well, holds up. The show, the, my favorite show part of that show, because it's amazing. Yeah, the favorite, my favorite thing of that show is the very beginning where he's he's taking the suspect from the zoo and it pans out and it's a monkey. <laughs> I mean, that stuff is just so off the wall, especially for the time. And yeah, yeah it's great. Well, it's like it's movies like. There are movies and shows like that, and it's like the airplane movies, like all those yeah. Tucker Brothers stuff. Like that stuff, it's just completely absurd. It's completely ridiculous. It's totally tongue in cheek. But man, I I have to laugh every time I see something like that. So, um, well, my number four is uh, it's a heartwarming tale of a of a boy trying to find his true love, and the only place he can find that true love is in Queens. And that movie is coming to America. <laughs> um, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are brilliant in this movie. Uh, they play a cast of characters. The barbershop scenes alone <laughs> are worth the price of admission. Pound for pound, Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest fighter ever lived. Oh, come on, man. What about Joe Lewis? The blonde bomber. Now that was a great boxer. You damn right. I suppose nobody in here ever heard of Cassius Clay. We got a point. Cassius Clay was a bad motherfucker. Hey, I ain't saying Clay ain't bad. I'm just saying I stopped liking Cassius Clay once he changed the name to Muhammad Ali. What kind of shit is that? Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, goddammit, this is a free country. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Mm-hmm. That's right. I say Clay. Get out of here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's going to always be Clay to me. I don't give a fuck what chain name to. He is Clay. He Clay to me. I say Clay. Well, then you're a putz. The three of you. Three putzes. You should change the name outside from Mighty Shop to the three putzes. Uh, I love I, I loved, uh, McDowell's uh, <laughs> and how uh, the... Uh, was it... Uh, Oh, what's what's the uh, and Louis Anderson talking about how he's on uh, lettuce, but soon he'll be on fries, and then <laughs> and then he'll be a manager, and that's when the big bucks roll in. Um, uh, sexual chocolate, you know, you gotta love sexual chocolate and and uh, the singing performance that's done by him. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, you have to, you have to. Con- if you watch the movie, you're contractually bound to like sexual chocolate. That's right. Um, it is, it is a movie I can watch over and over again, and have watched over and over again, and will laugh every single time at the stuff that I've seen thousands of times. And it's uh, it to me, it was really Eddie Murphy at his peak of his comedy. Like yeah. he had done yeah. a lot before that that was absolutely hysterical. I'm a huge fan of Beverly Hills Cop and all that type of stuff. But this was like, <laughs> to me, Coming to America came out, and then a, a lot of Eddie Murphy's career afterwards went downhill after that. <laughs> was this was this before? Now this would have been before. Uh, what was the the vampire movie? 
Uh, yeah, in Brooklyn. Oh, I yes. hated that. That I was the nineties. Oh gosh. Yeah. I hated that movie. Yeah. I think that was that might have been the turning point for when he his career went from not from really funny to uh, I don't know. <laughs> Although I liked him in in Bowfinger. Yes, Bowfinger that was, was good. Yep. Uh, I did like the first Nutty Professor. I thought he did a good job in that. Um, but yeah, it was it was sparse after Coming to America. Like before Coming yeah. to America, pretty much you put a Murphy in anything, and it was pretty pretty much guaranteed to be hilarious. After Coming to America, it was like okay, you got a couple. <laughs> so yeah. All right, is my go? Yep. All right, number four for me is Young Guns. Nice. Uh, uh, I went through a uh, Western phase uh, again around around the same time, middle like eighth grade or so. Mm-hmm. But and there was a um, what was the TV show that was kind of like a Young Guns ripoff? Um, oh, geez. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm going to be doing some quick googling here, so yeah, I figured out. Anyway, about it. so anyway. Um, <laughs> It was yeah. Young Guns was was just I think the first Western I ever. Young saw. Riders. Young Riders, yes. Yeah. That's Gosh, it. That's I don't remember that show at all. Oh uh, man, I was all into that, and uh, yeah. So Young Guns was the first um, wow. Western that I really got into and really dug. So um, yeah, yeah. I even liked Young Guns too. And yeah. I know, I know, I know I, some people did, but uh, oh no, I do, I do too. No, I, which I'm, one of those goes out in a blaze of glory? Is that in the first one? That's, 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 that's two. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Bon Jovi hopped on board for the sequel. Got yes. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he. That, uh, that's great. It's a great uh, Young Guns. The first Young Guns with the the shootout scene when they're at the very end and yes. they're all getting shot up and they're trapped in the the, the um, little house. That's it's just a great. That's uh, a great scene. Absolutely. Well, and uh, little. Known fact with uh, Young Guns 2, the soundtrack with Bon Jovi, uh, they approached Bon Jovi to say they just wanted uh, the rights to have Wanted Dead or Alive. And he said, well, what if I just did the whole album? And uh, like, they were like, okay. So that's when Blaze of uh, Glory. And I do have that soundtrack on CD, so uh, don't uh, judge me too much. Uh, no, no. no <laughs> I, love, no. I love Young Guns 2. Yeah, I, I love both of them. They're both great uh, Western movies, and I'm not a big Western person, so there's a select few Westerns out there that I'm like, well, I, I really like, and Young Guns definitely falls into that uh, that category of, of Westerns that I love. So, uh, All right, John, you're, uh, you're number three. I, I, I want to say there will be a pattern here, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see where it goes from here. My number three was Coming to America. Nice. And, yeah. and I think only because... What, what you talked about in terms of where Eddie Murphy was and Arsenio Hall, the, the cast up and down is tremendous. Yeah. But it is one of those eminently watchable, eminently quotable, yes. you know, his mama call him Clay, I'm going to call him. I mean, all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, this, that movie's 30. You know, look, it, these movies, you know, if they're supposed to be in our favorites of those times, the fact that, you know, or the royal penis is clean. I mean, come on. That yes. stuff just, you know, soul glow. You no, the, you know, it, how could, you can't forget it and sexual chocolate. I mean that right. stuff is hysterical. And you got the earliest one of the is it the earliest appearance or one of the early appearances of Samuel Jackson? Samuel Jackson, yeah, it's yeah. it's very very early for him and yeah, it's uh, it it's hysterical and it I think it holds up. It's still it very, I think it's still very funny and like I said, I I feel like I we're kind of, I'm not surprised that our we we tend to see linkage and sometimes even in the same numbers, but right. yeah, it was uh, it had to be up there because it's it's great and 
like you said, it was really was him at his at his zenith in terms of that. And I will say, movie comes out in '89 that he did too. That's in my top five. Nice, uh, amazing, Very amazing nice. movie too. I probably I probably like it more than this even. But anyway, wow, that, that's for next time. Yeah, uh, my number three. Uh, I think I've mentioned in a episode at some point that I am a big uh, fan of Tim Burton. Uh, it, especially at least his early stuff. I don't know his stuff lately that he does how it is, but uh, there's a lot of his work that I like, and it's got a very unique style and very unique flavor to it. And I became a big fan when he did Young Vincent Price, or it was just called Young Vincent or something like that. It was a short done on HBO. Uh, and immediately, it was the first time I remember being like, I need to know who created this because I want to see more stuff like this. And because of that, uh, Beetlejuice is my number three. Uh, uh, thought, loved Michael Keaton in it. Loved the whole afterlife world that was created. The bizarre stuff that Tim Burton came up with. Um, and uh, I cannot hear the, uh, was it, uh, Jump in the Line song with, uh, uh, without thinking of Beetlejuice ever <laughs> for yeah. the rest of my life. So. <laughs> All right. So three for me is Scrooged. Nice. Um, I love Scrooged. I love, uh, I mean, Bill Murray in the 80s. I mean, Bill Murray's still still yeah. funny. He, he, he didn't go the route of Chevy Chase, where Chevy Chase just became unfunny yeah. and bitter. I mean, yeah. I think I think Bill Murray is, just doesn't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, uh, Scrooged is just, you know, it's a very quotable movie. Yes. It's um, it, it, it is a yeah, Christmas tradition. Yes. Um. So so yeah, that that's uh. I remember we watched it in eighth grade for like at school. Um. For yeah, you know, <laughs> I guess they had time to kill, and in 1988 you could do that, or 1989 when we watched it. Um. So so yeah yeah, I thought that was a it's a really good adaptation of a Christmas story, and uh, that is my number three. Uh, Scrooged is uh, a must-watch every Christmas for me, uh, and it holds. I've I've actually played it for the end of one of our Christmas episodes. I was uh, yes, I was waiting for you to give the speech. Yes, the the speech <laughs> that I I actually post this at almost every year around Christmas time. It is to me, it's amazing that it came from a movie like Scrooge, but it really does embody what I believe Christmas is, which is Christmas is the one time of year when we all smile a little easier care a little bit more it's the one time a year we all and we all are the people we always hoped we would be um and to me that's exactly what christmas is and scrooge taught me that lesson so um but yeah i've I've played that actual quote on the air and like i said i've posted it on my facebook page almost every christmas uh because that line really does mean something so that movie does mean something to me as well cool uh, John, you're number two. Okay, so my number two, according to what you look at on IMDb, it says 89, but that was in West Germany. Apparently, it had a limited release in the U.S. on the 16th of December in 1988, so I'm <laughs> oh. saying it's 1988. Sure. This movie, I cannot begin to tell you how funny it is, how... It is even more quotable than Coming to America, at least for me. It's I'm going to get you, sucker. Uh. 
I watched that movie so much in 1989 and 1990 on video. I burned those tapes up because I watched in living color and I thought that show was hilarious. And then, oh, they made a movie and it had all these black exploitation stars of the 70s that I kind of knew who they were, but, you know, I was still young enough. I really didn't, I wasn't watching those movies. Right. And, you know, just. The, so, oh, the shtick in it, the over gold. Oh, come on. <laughs> theme songs, you know, and so KRS-One, I think, is at the end. He's the he's the theme song for the hero. Yeah. This movie, oh, it is so friggin' hysterical. And Chris Rock's in it, buying a rib. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> Antonio Fargus comes out with those fly guy shoes that, you know, are our aquarium. They have aquariums in the heels. Come on, people! This this shit is funny as hell. It's so <laughs> Steve James Kung Fu Joe gets all shot up and beat up, and he's still alive. The the one dude slips on the he slips on a bullet, and remember, and he gets shot up like a hundred bullets shoot him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> can go on, on, man. It, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Was just phenomenal. It, uh, that was the weigh-ins at their peak, uh, the first round of weigh-ins. And as always, make sure you take the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, my number two is one that's already been mentioned, uh, and that is Young Guns. Uh, okay. I, I said there is not many Western movies that I uh, thoroughly enjoy, uh, and Young, but Young Guns is one of them. It is completely ridiculous and over the top, but I love it for it being that. <laughs> um, it is not... I'm, uh, in no way do I expect it to be historically accurate. <laughs> yeah. What? What? <laughs> um, but man, it it's really a great movie. I uh, the scene that makes me cringe every time, but it's an awesome scene is when the fight happens because the um, Mario Van Peebles, uh, not Mario Van Peebles, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips uh, character does wants them to go around the bar- burial ground and they get in a fight and that knife goes right oh, yeah. through his, yeah. his want arm. Your, want your knife back? Want your knife back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, and I do love Young Guns too. Uh, especially I love how that one opens with uh, with uh, what's his, what's the name that they always felt Billy the Kid uh, Bush... What? Br- Brushy Bill Roberts. Brush, yes, Brushy Bill Roberts telling the story and everything else. But yeah, it's uh, I own both of those movies on DVD. I I love them. I I actually just watched Young Guns not that long ago, uh, probably within the last three four months. Um, so it, I was flipping through channels and saw it, and I was like, oh, Young Guns. And it, of course, it was the TV edited version, but uh, <laughs> I still watched it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot, that, that's how I watched. Um... Robocop for the longest time. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, the TV edited. You missed a lot. <laughs> oh, I know. No. All right, uh, Brian, what was your number two? All right, number two for me has been mentioned. It is Beetlejuice. Nice. Um, Beetlejuice was one of the, um, I think, first uh, first uh, memories that I have of just my parents dropping me and a friend off at the theater by ourselves. And go on and, and see. And, and um, I liked it from the very first time I saw it. I think it still holds up. Um, it's great. Uh, Michael Keaton pre-Batman performance that made everybody think, this guy's going to be Batman? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and he pulled both of them off, yes. I think. And um, just kind of showed showed him as just a you know a very versatile, act, versatile actor. But yeah. it was just so, – so, I mean, it's a very – 
uh, rewatchable movie. And yeah, um, yeah I, you know, there's it just it seems like there these days, and maybe maybe it's because I'm getting older. <laughs> it just doesn't seem there's very many rewatchable movies that come out like yeah. like these. So uh, so yeah, that's that's my number two. Yeah, and it, it's amazing too because I remember, like I said, I became a fan of Tim Burton pretty early on, and in fact, it's probably the first director or creator that I ever recognized his name on something. And so when he did Batman or he was going to do Batman, I was like, really? Tim Burton's going to do Batman. How's that going to work out <laughs> with, with Michael Keaton, with Michael I, Keaton. Yeah. It's like the, the director and the actor from Beetlejuice are going to do Batman. <laughs> right. And, and, I, and can you imagine the memes and the Photoshop uh. things that would have been out if that was around back then? Like you would have had Beetlejuice dressed as Batman and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just, and, I loved how Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice would just have those like low tone comments that you mm. had to really be paying attention yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on. Look, you think of it as a marriage of inconvenience, okay? We both get something, I get out. You get to say you're hitched to the most eligible bachelors in Valentino came over. We're even, babe. Okay, just help them. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. <laughs> well, I'm back. I feel real good about myself, you know what I mean? So, we'll not further delay. Welcome to Winter River, museum of natural green, a monument to the board business, man. Come on a little closer. Step right up, test your strength. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! That is why I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I won't. I won't do. Well... What do we got here tonight, kids? Oh, yeah, so. yeah, and it was uh, it it, it had a uh, um, skinny Alec Baldwin. Yes, <laughs> which in my mind, Alec Baldwin is like two people. <laughs> there is eighties Alec Baldwin, nineties like Hunt for Red October, and then there's the Alec Baldwin who's just like ranting on Twitter and he's. Yes. overweight and doesn't, you know, <laughs> doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it was in, in Gina Davis and yeah, it's just a great cast all yeah. around, man. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, uh, and, uh, John, you're, you're number one. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hands I'm just down. Gonna, it's I'm not just gonna, even, it's not even a contest. It's I'm not just going to jump in and say in 1988. I'm just, just going to jump in and record, say it's mine too. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, it's mine too. For the record, it's also Greg Shegels because we talked about trying to get him tonight with, with Brian and he yeah. texted me and he said, die hard. That's all he wrote back. <laughs> That's all he wrote back. How can you pick anything else? <laughs> I, I don't know. I will say what's even better about this this movie is it has become a bone of contention on my other podcast, and we're <laughs> considering adding it as like to our questions, which we call the question connection for everybody, and that is, do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely a Christmas movie. 
my co-host vehemently uh, disagrees with that sentiment. But oh, that's wait, wrong. that's that's what the fun part, right? I mean, that's <laughs> right. Take like, her pie how... or two or three PO. It's right. is it a Christmas movie, right. and it has generated some entertaining conversations. But come on, I, I, what else do you got to say? This movie rules. <laughs> he he gift wraps he gift wraps a terrorist. How much more Christmassy <laughs> can you get? See, the, thing I, the thing I love about it though is is that he is so beat up at the end. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know it's like it's like yeah he's an action hero, but man does he take some hits. Like his yeah. feet are all cut up, and you know he's yeah. not like this superhuman you know whatever. Yeah, and I don't think we really saw that before this. Like at least not to this extent. Like usually the action hero is the one that you know he gets shot with bullets and they just bounced off his pecs. You know it was like <laughs> you know this like you said he he's running around in bare feet on glass and yeah. and he actually is in major pain because of doing that <laughs> yeah i thought i told all of you i want radio silence until oh, further i'm very sorry hans i didn't get that message maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board but i figured since i waxed tony and marco and his friend here i figured you and carl and franco might be a little lonely so i wanted to give you a call how does he know so much about this this is very kind of you. I assume you are a mysterious party crasher. You are most troublesome. For a security guard? Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Who are you, then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open the front door for me. I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee ki motherfucker. And you see him with the blood, too, when he's, like, trying to p- push through the window and everything else on his feet. There. Oh, yeah, that, that that is the most excruciating scene. When he, <laughs> yeah. he's pulled that stuff out and he's banging his feet yes. against it, like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, it's it's fantastic. The villain in it is phenomenal. Oh, oh. Absolutely. That, that Hans, is... Hans Gruber, yeah. Uh, we actually had a customer that called in to where I worked, and the, the customer's name was uh, it was close to Hans, but not quite, and the last name was Gruber, and we were like, <laughs> please change your first name to Hans. <laughs> please. Um, and I love the meme every year around Christmas time that it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls from yeah, Tony yeah. Plaza. <laughs> But then you have you have the ornaments popping up last year or so yes. with, uh, with him in the, the vent. Yes. You know, with <laughs> um, and I and this I will tell you, uh, John, just like you were saying, you know, the battles that you have uh, about this with your uh, one co-host. Um, Chuck and I have had this debate and I don't know what the hell he's smoking. But he thinks that he actually says he thinks he likes Die Hard two better than Die Hard. No, oh, no, 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 no. And, and he's smoking. I said you would almost have an argument if you said Die Hard with a vengeance. You liked a little oh, bit better than Die Hard. Almost have an argument there, but not Die Hard two. Yeah, I, I like Die Hard two, but it is not not in the same league no. with Die Hard. 
Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I, well, hey, to each their own. That's the beauty of this, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but if no, you want like, like, to hear still... Chuck and I debate about that, that episode might be coming next because Chuck oh. and I are talking <laughs> about getting together and talking about movies and sequels and stuff like that. So, Because um, we found out we have very different opinions when it comes to certain movie sequels and everything. So. Um, but yeah, I don't, I can't imagine any, how anyone picks anything other than Die Hard. You just can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know I didn't have, I mean, I, as soon as I saw the list, I'm like, oh, done. Die Hard. Are you <laughs> yeah, right. right. And, and like I said, there, there's some good, there's some other good movies that came out that year. Yeah. I just haven't watched them in a long time. But, you know, for me, this, this one was, this one was not hard. I mean, I knew I'm going to get you. So was up there, but I knew yeah. Die Hard was going to be number one. And right. well, just I, looking at, I, I just looking at my list, I'm pretty sure, and tell me if I'm wrong, that Blood Orgy of the Leather Girls is on your list. <laughs> uh, no, no. That's, that, no, I, no, I, it's not. That's not even on my, that's not even on my, uh, <laughs> that's not even on my honorable mentions. I, mean, I, I love the, the list that shows all the, like, the, the B movies that came out that year that you're like, what? Oh, I've got, I've got a B movie on my honorable mention list. Okay. okay. I'm happy to talk about. <laughs> all right. Um, and that would be Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, okay. Well, that, well, that that's a that, that's, that's an upper a level B. Yeah, that's a B plus movie. That, <laughs> right. I mean, everybody knows that because it's such a visually like the the, the clown designs were so, yes so um that they left an impression. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh, I will also always remember, and if you've never noticed this in that movie, uh, you need to watch it again just to see this part. Uh, because every B-grade movie has its mistakes that are in it. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> but there's the scene where she she's taking off her clothes, and unfortunately it doesn't go in the direction you hope it would, but uh, there's popcorn that gets in the laundry hamper, and then they turn into these little uh, like uh, jack-in-the-box-type clown heads that are trying to s- jump out and snap at her. Okay. And then the, just for a, a brief moment, you see the arm of the puppeteer because, oh. he, because he extended his arm a little too far into the shot. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you, that, that's called uh, not watching the dailies closely. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but the, the whole, it, it kind of, I mean, not to the same level, but it kind of ties into what we were talking about Beetlejuice, just the visuals of, like, what they did with that, I thought was just brilliant, you know, having them wrapped up in cotton candy and, you know, you st- well, yeah. stick the crazy straw in there. <laughs> yeah. and, one th- and one thing we didn't, know, it just occurred to me, too, with Beetlejuice, it's also Danny Elfman. Oh, yeah. So it's like Danny Elfman, it's the whole creator, like, the whole creator <laughs> they all moved to Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I hate to say this, but... Pretty much, Danny Elfman was basically doing the same music through all of his movies. Well, <laughs> Danny Elfman has a definite style. Because <laughs> when and I so does, heard, so does Tim Burton. So true, very true, very true. Um, but yeah, uh, so I, I, since you mentioned B grade movies, I was like, that one was definitely my honorable mentions because I did watch that movie a lot. Uh, just with how bad it was, I had to watch it. So. <laughs> um, and, I, and the part that will always stick in my mind, too, from that movie is when the one clown has the sheriff as his puppet, his, his uh, ventriloquist puppet or on his knee, and then he takes his hand out and just kind of slaps the blood 
off of his hand because he actually had stuck it up his spine and everything to control him. Um, yeah, that sticks sticks with you as a child. So uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so what other? Uh, I have a few honorable mentions that I got like a, just a long list of just movies to talk about. What other honorable mentions do you guys have that you want to throw out there? Um, I will say Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, is an honorable mention. Um, that was a. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. That was probably the first like cartoon that was sort of like risque. Yeah. You know, you know, it was skirting the edge there, and uh, it had you know, like Bugs Bunny shows up in it, and and uh, all that. So yeah, I think that definitely needs an honorable mention just for oh, yeah. just breaking breakthrough. Uh, yeah. They really haven't done anything to that level since. Like no, um, I don't know where you go from there. From there, yeah, you know, because anytime you you do something like that, though, you people would just think, oh, it's Roger Rabbit again. You know, right. it's like right. you do it once, and then well, where do you go? You know, yeah. you just don't keep making movies like that. Well, then you make Cool World, and that's oh, near uh, the same yeah. level. <laughs> and that killed It's like Roger Rabbit said, "Wow, this is this is really great." Let's oh, yeah, let's move on. You know, cool World. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh well speaking of animation uh i just a personal favorite of mine uh because i'm a huge fan of the music artist and i actually really do like this movie a lot uh, it's a very lesser known disney movie but it's uh, oliver and company oh which had billy joel's okay, yeah, that's the one billy joel did right yes yes it's a spin on the oliver twist but with yeah. uh with dogs and cats uh Living together, mass hysteria, and <laughs> that's um, 1984. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help myself but bring that reference anytime I can. Uh, but yeah, it it had uh, Bette Midler was in it. Uh, it had Cheech Marin in it. Uh, it was it's actually a really good movie. I haven't watched it in, in a while, but I had probably seen it in the last within the last five years. Um, but I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, so and I've and when I went to his concert, I was hoping that he would, I knew he wouldn't, but I was hoping he'd sing the theme song, uh, Oliver and Company, but he... And this was going out to Ryan Dross, back right, there. Exactly. The... <laughs> uh, John, what type of honorable mention do you have? Uh, you know, like I said, I haven't watched these in a long time. I have one just for its sheer bizarre, bizarreness, and we've talked about it multiple times, Big Top Pee Wee. No. <laughs> just a weird friggin' movie. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it it's just weird, but uh, you know, it holds a place in my heart for some strange reason. It, it's weird, and it's yeah. I think we all decided they were probably imbibing of some type uh, <laughs> around that writing table. Yeah, and uh, well, Chris Christopherson had to have something to do. Well, yes, and, <laughs> but that, the, high, the highwaymen weren't weren't highwaying. Just such a. Weird, weird film, and yeah, you know, uh, there was Red Heat. It's a Schwarzenegger movie, but it's got uh, Belushi, John, Jim Belushi, John, no Jim, Jim, John was dead. John Belushi with Jim Belushi, not great. Um, Caddyshack two for like one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, uh, that was I out actually, that year. I actually saw that before I saw the first Caddyshack. So, oh man. Thankfully, I can only go on from there. Everything's uphill from there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
I, um, I don't think we talked. Didn't did Rain Man come out this year? It yes. did. Rain Man did. Come so we out didn't talk year. about Rain Man, which I know I think is Chris Russo's favorite. 80s thing, but then you also I think Cocktail came out that same year, and yes, that's yeah. not great. Well, well, you know, um, one movie that nobody's mentioned yet is Big. Yes, Big yeah. came out that year as well. Yeah, that is on my honorable mention list. Just the because, and one of the reasons I love the movie Big is because he gets the job that we all wanted to have as a kid, which is here, play with these toys and tell us what you think of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that and we'll pay yeah. you money to do that. <laughs> You know, one we haven't talked about, Brian, particularly for you after your uh, ex, after your foray into the uh, competitive Krav uh, uh, world was uh, Bloodsport and Kumite. <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked about that Jean-Claude yet. Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I will Kumite. say to tie that in. That, that was awesome, I'm, and I'm glad you did not hurt your drawing hand because that was my biggest concern for you. Um, no, I just took a lot of shots to the head. <laughs> you apparently see well enough still you're drawn on a yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, so Bloodsport came out yeah. that year. I did put uh, Bloodsport in a, in a mini category of movies. I'm not sure which one I'm watching until I've watched enough of it. So Bloodsport, <laughs> Bloodsport I'm never sure if it's Bloodsport or Kickboxer. And then oh, you yeah. have and then you have Above the Law and Mark. Oh, oh yeah, I was, I was getting ready to say Above the Law. You know, the, what's the Steven Seagal joke? Because yes. all his movies have three words: <laughs> Above the Law, Out right. for Justice, uh, Marked for Death. <laughs> yeah, Above the Law and Marked for Death. I'm never sure which one I'm watching until I'm well into the movie. <laughs> right. right. Uh, uh, I, I have an honorable mission for a a movie that is n- not as good as its highly quotable first version, and that's Short Circuit 2. Yes. <laughs> because Short Circuit was, I mean, in, I don't remember, in elementary school, I, I, we used to quote that movie. It was one of the, oh, yeah. that and Ghostbusters were one of the first movies that I knew the entire script. Yes. And then Short Circuit 2 was a huge disappointment for us. Yes. For a young, budding Brian Shearer. And then, Although uh, you do get the quote of Los Lobos kick your uh, but oh, Los Lobos yeah. kick your fa- face. Your Los Lobos kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> um, another uh, well, re- some may related to this show. Uh, same director, uh, Willow, came out in '88. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And uh, I, I've n- I don't mind Willow. I'm just not. I'm not a fan. <laughs> It, it was never one of my like people always talked about Willow and I I never really got into it. I, yeah. I don't I don't know what it was. Um, just wasn't one of the things that uh, struck a chord with me. Yeah, me neither. I will say though, there are several movies that are in '88. Uh, podcast plug here for another show called uh, Whatever Happened to Pizza and McDonald's, which is this guy who is a improv comedian in California calls himself an investigative journalist. And he's do he's done a podcast now for almost two years about pizza at McDonald's in the late eighties, early nineties. It's friggin' hysterical. It's real short. It's usually like less than ten minutes long. But he goes on these div- on these weird little paths. And so in the last few months, one of them was he wrote a he wrote a sequel to and it was Willow Two, and he was trying to get it in front of uh, Val Kilmer, and, and and that was one. And now he's doing this whole investigation of Mac and Me to pr- you know to prove that McDonald's had something to do with it. But why didn't they show why didn't they show pizza in it? That show is great for those of you that like absurd, you know the absurd stuff that we've been talking about. Whatever happened to Pizza McDonald's is hysterical. And again, it's a short show. 
and yet you go all the way back to the beginning and oh man it was he he got to though there was one there was one franchise that still served pizza up until about three months ago uh in in ohio and i went there it was in pomeroy ohio uh i went there last year based on that show i mean that tells you how much i was into that show i stopped on the way to columbus had the pizza at the McDonald's and tweeted him, and he's like, "Thank you for continuing to try to find the truth." I mean, <laughs> but yeah. So, so in '88, you got both of them. But yeah, now currently he's in this whole Mac and Me investigation, and so oh, hilarious. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, well, I was gonna say um, one movie that I never saw, but the the poster always stuck with me, and I can still see it in on the wall. In you know, in my mind, in the uh, old theater that's now torn down, and that is Monkey Shines. Oh yeah, with the toy wind-up monkey yes. thing against the black background it's and chilling. It, it is a the, that image yeah. has been with me for, and every time I see a wind-up monkey, that's what I think of. And the movie's not that frightening, but that image is frightening. Yeah. <laughs> And I think if I remember right, the trailer, the initial trailer, was just that monkey just banging. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's symbol and stuff like that. Um, I've seen the movie, and it's it's weird, it's twisted, but it's not really all that scary. I mean, I guess if you own a monkey, it might scare the crap out of you. But <laughs> and, and you're you know ten years old maybe. Right. But, but well, yeah, I need to watch the movie. There's a, there's a few movies of, you know like that where I've have always kind of been in my consciousness that I haven't seen, but somehow impacted me whether it's the trailer or um i think i told i can't remember if i told this movie there was, there was the first horror movie that really i never saw it i just saw the, the previews on tv and i must have been four years old it was the very first thing that freaked me out and i still remember even looking in the newspaper and seeing the the um ad for it and the ad freaked me out and it was blood beach oh and it's this uh, it's, it's basically a B movie that's a ripoff of Jaws, okay. and, except except there's so I, so for I must have been like, you know, 35 and I'm at I'm at uh, dinner with uh, Rick Ketchum and a couple other guys. And I'm telling them this story about, oh, there was this movie and there's this thing that lives under the sand and it sucks people down and blah, blah. And <laughs> and um, Rick's uncle says, I think I want to see that. And he pulls out his phone. He's looking and he goes, is this it? It's like holy crap, Blood Beach. That's it. That's the image, and it's on and it's on YouTube. And it solved the the oldest memory and oldest mystery in my life. Right? It's like what movie was that that freaked me out? But it, but its tagline is just when you thought it was safe to get go in the water, you can't get there. So it's like a complete, <laughs> it's a complete Jaws B movie yeah. ripoff. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, a few, a uh, few good movies, uh, comedy wise, or a couple good movies, comedy wise. Uh, one is The Great Outdoors uh, with John Candy. I will always quote the Big Bear Chase Me uh, line because anytime I'm out of breath, uh, <laughs> just because it's fantastic. Uh, and then uh, you have the Monty Python crew with A Fish Called Wanda, which uh, I didn't yeah. see till much later in life, but was glad again, glad I didn't see it till later in life because I appreciated it that much more. Um, I thought that was a fantastic cast uh, to have in a movie. Um, and then the ultimate fight scene ever in a movie came out in 1988, which is the fight scene in the movie They Live. 
Oh, they lived it. Come out in 1988. Yeah, that that is the longest fight you will ever see in a movie. <laughs> they just never stop punching each other. I think I think they live is also one of those images on the VHS. You know, when you go to like Blockbuster or your yeah. local corner, no, what even a Blockbuster? It was like the local corner yeah. VHS rental place. And the horror section was always like one, like as a, you know, as a kid, you always kind of went through because the covers were always way better than the movies ended up being. Yes. But they were always creepy. And I think that one kind of stood, stood out just oh, like yeah. uh, um, the Monkey Shines one did. Yeah, for sure. Um, it also has uh, my favorite quote of any movie. I think ever, which is I've come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> One of the best lines ever in a movie. A um, couple really good movies. Uh, not that that one's not good. That's awesome. But <laughs> um, Colors, I actually really, I remember seeing that one way younger than I probably should have seen it. Uh, but I really enjoyed that one. And also Stand and Deliver was a very powerful and really good movie. So, but it was definitely the year of sequels because you also had uh, Critters 2 came out. You had, uh, we mentioned Short Circuit 2. Uh, you had Night of the Living Dead 2, I think, came out that year. Just a whole uh, slew of not very good sequels. It, it was, it was uh, <laughs> yeah, a Friday the 13th Part 7. Yeah. <laughs> and Fright Night 2. Yeah, that, it seemed to be the, uh, the sequel, especially like horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Hellraiser 2. And uh, speaking, also going back to what you're saying about uh, movies that the cover made it look creepier than the actual movie was, uh, John, we referenced this character. I think it's a nice tie back to Ready Player One. Child's Play, the first Child's Play movie mm. came out. <laughs> yeah. Because Chucky does appear in Ready Player One, not to spoil that for you, Brian, but he does make an appearance. Oh. oh. <laughs> quite a large appearance. I, I, I've, I've seen him in the, the preview. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, but, uh, the... But yeah. again, it was it was one of those ones where I saw the saw the image for the movie on the poster, and I was like, "Ooh, that could be creepy." And then I saw the movie, and I was like, "That's not scary at all, like even a little bit." <laughs> yeah, I think they're remaking it. I think I just saw that like this week. There's like a Are remake they? of Child's Play coming in, so it'll probably be extraordinarily graphic and gross, and not more gross than scary. Just like every yeah. like the, you know, it's, yeah. The, the, we have you ever done like a uh, October uh, horror movie episode? Uh, we have not. You need to do that. Yeah, we should do that. Because I, I was going to say, you know, it'd be a good like Halloween is yeah. one of my favorite horror movies, and I'm not a horror movie fan. Yeah. Um, now, have you seen the the remake that Rob Zombie did? I I haven't. I have talked to people who have seen it, and the thing that I liked about Halloween was that more of the suspense creepiness. Yes. And not the the gory. Let me show you how we we're going to chop this person up, hack them to death, like every horror yeah. movie is since Saw came out. Um, I will say, I really, I don't like Rob Zombie's Halloween Two at all. I think it's a horrible, abysmal movie. Uh, but ha- the first Halloween movie that he did, I the the remake, I thought was very well done. But it took all of the scare elements that the original Halloween movie had in it. Like you said, it had suspense. You really didn't know who Michael Myers right. was. You right. know, why is he unstoppable? What the hell's going on? Where in the remake, Rob Zombie really kind of humanizes him. And uh, that takes away me being scared of him. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Well, they're doing the, uh, the, um, 
the sequel with Jamie Lee Curtis now that's supposed to be the direct sequel of the original. Yes. So I will probably see that, but yeah. it could go either way. It depends yeah. on how faithful they are to, to the original. Yeah. Well, in a lot of those movies, the originals were always the best one, and then they ruin it with the sequels. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Friday the 13th, the, the twist on that one is fantastic, and I still won't spoil that for anyone that has not seen it even years later because it's just it's a good twist. Well, and, yeah, yeah. And since we're talking about Halloween, in 88, Halloween 4 came out. Yes. The return of Michael Myers. <laughs> Which is horrible. <laughs> but not as bad as Halloween 3, which had nothing to do with anything. Right. Yeah, it, it's totally like you can watch Halloween 1, 2, and 4 and miss nothing. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was, uh, you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street. There was uh, the sequel Dream Masters. Yeah. Uh, came out in 88. Um, so, uh, which is when Freddy just started being a more of a comedian than anything else. So... <laughs> Um, I did want to mention one of our listeners saw that we were doing this episode tonight, and he sent me a private message with his list. So I'll just go through it real quick. Uh, this was from Scott Kruger, who I actually do want to get on the show sometime. He does his own podcast, and uh, he is way into all this 80s stuff, just like we are. Uh, his top five uh, will it will probably surprise you, uh, but n- uh, number five was The Great Outdoors, which we mentioned. Number four was Scrooged, which, Brian, you had mentioned. Uh, his number three was Beetlejuice. His number two was Young Guns. So him and I were thinking the same way in number three and number two. And his number one was Big, was not Die he's, Hard. He's wow. wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you're wrong. He doesn't even have it in his runners-up. His runners-up uh, were... Uh, were whoa. Nah, nah, nah. He had uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Just he put just for the achievement of it. And he put Moon Over Parador... Just because it's the first movie I ever took a date to, and it, ah! it was he goes, it was a horrible experience, but a landmark event. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So let me get this straight. He took, he put a movie on there for a first date for someone he didn't marry and bumped Die Hard out of the honorable mentions. I'm, hey, you can chastise him. I'm not going to Oh. Maybe he didn't see Die Hard was on the list. That's all I can think. Okay, of. <laughs> I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but if he come, but but Scott, you ever if you come back and say there is a reason that you didn't put Die Hard on your list other than you didn't see it, I, I'm sorry, it's not an acceptable answer. Anything you can come up with, so <laughs> it should at least be in the top five. It should at least be in the top five, but it really should be number one. <laughs> I think we've proven that tonight. <laughs> um. Any other, uh, that, I mean, that basically exhausts all the movies that I had written down. I know there was a lot more that came out, and, uh, uh, but you guys met. Oh, a good one to end on. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but I'm going to mention it anyways. Is Action Jackson. <laughs> Action, okay. I never saw Action Jackson. Oh, it's, it's every, it's worth seeing just for the spectacle of a movie that is the stereotypical 80s cliche movie, action movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it, it follows every trope an action movie should have <laughs> from the 80s. So That would be a good uh, good one to watch with a group of guys on B-Movie Night. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about uh, before we call it a night? Um, 
No, I, I just will give a shout out to Iron Eagle too. And, nice. And and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, leave it at that. Yeah. I love the first one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you're giving a shout out to them, I want to give a shout out to Casual Sex. <laughs> hey, because hey, you, because Leah Thompson. <laughs> that that's also one of the ones that I will always remember the poster. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, that that was stuck in my head as a, you know, a, a, a young lad approaching middle school and was like, what is that movie about? And then I never saw it. <laughs> oh wow. Well, I, I think on that note we have uh uh <laughs> shot our bolt, shall we say? <laughs> Um, so I do want to, uh, give a shout out, uh, before we go into some of the, uh, places people can find us and everything, uh, want to give a shout out to some of the, uh, sponsors for this episode, uh, Jonathan Morgantini, uh, who has his own podcast called Just Roll With It. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast set in Middle Earth. Uh, so it's familiar Dungeons and Dragons type role-playing games, but in an environment that people should recognize that are familiar with the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, mythologies, even if you've just seen the movies. Uh, then we have Ben Penserga, who has Movies in a Meal. Uh, they do a, it's nice short episodes and uh, as far as reviewing, doing quick movie reviews. And then we have Will Bell, who does uh, Dudes in Toyland, which is about toy collecting and especially customizing. So if you're into customizing toys, uh, it's definitely a show to uh, listen to. Because they get well into it, and uh, it, it, I love listening to his show because you can hear the passion of as far as you know they really enjoy what they do. So uh, I actually really like the the nice spread that we have when it comes to sponsors because it's a little bit of something for everyone out there. So um, Brian, how can they find your stuff? What do you have going on? Go ahead and feel free to to uh, mention all the stuff you have out there again and. Uh, yeah, um, you can get a hold of me at Brian Dash Shearer. That is Dash, the actual Dash, not the word spelled out. Uh, Brian Dash Shearer.com. Uh, and on social media, I am Brian underscore Shearer. Pretty much on, um, uh, you can find me on Twitter that way, Instagram. Um, I've got my book that is for sale. You can get through my website. Um, I post a lot of stuff online on social media all the time. And uh, if you'd like to get William the Last, uh, it's coming out September 29th, and you can pre-order issue two now. So go tell your comic shop that you want to uh, uh, pre-order the second issue, because issues usually drop by half um, by the second issue, and I want to keep the momentum going. So. Yep. And I will say, too, that if you want to get the first issue, it's probably still good to talk to your comic shop to see if they can possibly get that order because they may have they may have enough already ordered uh but they may be able to, to reach out to antarctic press and get them to still send a, send one out so yeah um i've done that before with various comics where it's you know it's, it hasn't come out yet it's been it's still got a couple you know a month or two before it does come out and sometimes they can still order it for you so um but definitely pre-order number two so um john how can people find you and what do you have going on Twitter, John, J-O-N, underscore Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. Facebook, John Thurman. The HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast can be found at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. 
Again, if you are a Star Joe's listener and you leave a review, I will get you a, a gift. And, and again, those, as I said at the beginning, I have not forgotten. You all are awesome. You are going to get good stuff. I promise. I do want to say something very quickly that I've been thinking about. And we talked, gosh, I guess it was two months ago when we had Jamie on, maybe before that even. You know, we've had an influx of new people, and it is very, very cool to see new people on the boards. I would hope that those that are of you that are new that we don't know, uh, again, we've got kind of a welcome post and would love for you to, to plug in there. Um, most of you know that I we all have opinions, and that that's what makes this world great. That's what makes this show great is that we don't always agree on stuff. But, you know, there's enough bad and, and ugly in the world that, um, you know, if you want to post that shit, go somewhere else. Because <laughs> it's not – it's we don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, if you're not sure – if you're not sure, don't put it out there or maybe ask – Ryan, or if not, but you know what? Uh, it's not funny. Yeah, I would say and, to, and, pig, and to piggyback sorry, off. I, you know, of, no, that's you, okay. To piggyback off. People don't of that, like it. Tough shit. I'm saying it. So <laughs> I would say to piggyback off of that. Uh, I would much rather see people posting stuff that they are excited about and the stuff that they love than the stuff that they hate. And if there's something you don't like, scroll past it. Um, and uh, and if, and if you want to debate about something, that's fine, too. I, I welcome that as long as people don't make it personal. So I, I, again, I, Well, I think there's debate, and I think there is just posting stuff that's just ludicrous. And, you know, again, we're all adults. We, we may be into really childish things to some extent yeah. when we're talking about little army men, little, little <laughs> sci-fi alien men and ladies and, and uh, barbarian toys and – turtles that are anthropomorphic yeah i get it you know but again there's enough divisiveness in the world that i've always been very proud of the community that we've built that that i came in as part of you know to in 2010 that community continues to to grow and change as most do uh but you know what i just don't have time for it and i know the others don't have time for it and i guess what i would say too is if somebody does post something that it maybe is not great. Don't don't respond. Just let it go. Yeah. Because you know it just. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to beat a dead horse. We've had had this talk in a long time. Yeah. I felt it was necessary. Again, for those of you that are new and that are coming in, welcome. Please again post on the new on the new person board, or at least tell us who you are, so I know who you are. Ryan will know who you are, but. Um, yeah. Just and keep I've, that in mind. And I've really liked uh, the fact that Facebook did update that, so now it shows up as like an announcement uh, on the group page, so it always stays at the top there. It's vi- very visible, uh, but it, it, it is a post. Just to, It's the first thing when you join the group that you see on that page. It's just, it's, it's a, just a whole thread of people saying who they are. Uh, and we have people that have never even, they just like the stuff that we talk about. They don't even listen to the show. Uh, a good, he's honestly a good friend of mine. Uh, John Williams uh, is known as Super Ugly from the Geek Savant. He posted on there. He says, "I've never listened to an episode of of Star Joe's, but I know Ryan." And and he says, "I love the stuff you guys are talking about. Here's my background. Here's who I am." Uh, and that's great too. Like we want people that love to talk about this stuff and enjoy uh, this stuff. Uh, so. Okay, fine. I'll stop posting all the offensive crap. Fine, <laughs> John. Jeez. <laughs> if, if posting your art is offensive, keep doing that. 
Um, yeah, I actually, that's one of the things I, I love seeing, and I try to always, uh, if I can, share who the artist is. Uh, I love posting uh, when I see somebody did something that's kind of related to the show. I'll snag it and I'll post it, but I always, if I know who it is that did it, I always give credit to the artist because I, I want people to go to that artist. I want people to... Um, so... Brian, if you ever see your tag way too many times on Star Joe's, just let me know. But I'm no, gonna... no, please tag, tag me all the time. That, that, that's tagging I don't have to do. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but no, and and that's the thing too. Like I, I am planning on getting more creators on the show here because uh, I like talking to them. I like, uh, and I know you guys like listening to them to find out where you know where do they get their ideas, where do they get their inspirations, and things like that. Um, there's some interesting things that are coming out very soon. Uh, I'm actually going to reach out. They're supposed to come out with a Rainbow Bright comic book. Uh, I'm actually going to get try to get the writer of that on here. He used, he's done Princeless for Action Labs and stuff like that. So I think through that connection, he'd be more than happy to come out and talk about doing the Rainbow Bright comic, uh, uh, which I th- is amazing in this day and age that they're doing that. There's also going to be a Dino Saucers comic that's coming out. I'm like... When we started doing this show, there was G.I. Joe, <laughs> there was Transformers, and there was Star Wars. Yeah, let me just say, for the record, I'm still bummed I'm not doing the GoBot book. Oh, yeah. Wah, yeah. wah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, can't say that I, I can't say that I'm thrilled about who's doing it, but that's okay. He's His art's not for everybody, but... <laughs> Because uh, I, 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 I remember you're getting Rainbow Bright and you're getting I don't know who's putting a Rainbow Bright out, but you're getting a GoBots book. And yet we still can't <laughs> figure out G.I. Joe more than what's going on currently. Right. I'm glad I'm glad Brian got a crack at least one issue. Hopefully we'll see more. Yeah. But we're, we're jumping to GoBots. Really? <laughs> really? Really? No, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all I'm saying is I totally would have done it. <laughs> yeah. And I would have loved to have seen it. Um, I, uh, I'm waiting for them to finally come out with like the adventures of the galaxy Rangers and, uh, Silverhawks. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to say, if anybody out there listening is involved with Silverhawks, I will do Silverhawks. Yes. I am not above Silverhawks. I loved some Silverhawks. I'm all foreseeing that too. So. And, and for the record, since we, you know, we'd say not, we're not going to go negative. If GoBots is your thing and you're happy, I am happy for you. Sure. I just, I'm super disappointed that we just can't seem to get other stuff figured I, out. So. And I, and I know that's all I'm from. saying. I don't. No, worry. I know, I know where you're coming from for that. I'm excited about GoBots, but um, because I was not a fan of the Transformers versus GI Joe, uh, I'm not as excited about the artists that they have on it. But that's okay because art is subjective, uh, and I know some people that absolutely loved it, so loved that whole series. So more power to them. But yes, I, yes, Brian, I would have liked to have seen you doing GoBots. <laughs> all I'm gonna say. Oh well, I'm still always gonna hope. check it out. So. Yeah, I'm still gonna check it out because uh, because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, uh, and I feel like I owe it to the v- listeners and viewers and whatnot. So. Uh, but in regards to Star Joe's, uh, you can find us at StarJoe's.com. I will have links to Brian's uh, various uh, items that he discussed on the show notes. So don't feel like you had to write everything down. You can just go to StarJoe's.com and look for this episode, and there'll be links there. Uh, you can f- join the Facebook group page uh, if you dare now. No, just kidding. 
<laughs> but the second you request it, I will accept you into the group. And the, really, the only way I will ever boot you out of the group is if you end up being a spam person. Um, and uh, there's the fan page. Uh, also, which you just have to click like on Facebook. And on the fan page, you pretty much get to see anything that I posted on Instagram, which is on Instagram you can find Star Joe's, and I post comic reviews of everything that I'm pretty much reading, Star Joe's related or otherwise. Um, and uh, the Twitter, you can get all the posts that go on the fan page and on Instagram are also posted on Twitter, so there's just this big link to everything. Uh, so you can't escape Star Joe's no matter which social media avenue you go unless you're still following MySpace. Uh, and uh, you can call, leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. We have not had a voicemail in a very long time, so I would love you to call and leave a voicemail message, and we will play it on the air, and we will respond to it. Ask us any questions. It could be related to the show. It could be related to us. It could be just be related to life in general, and we will do our best to answer whatever it is that you want to ask us or talk about. Uh, I did mention that uh, Chuck will be returning to the show. Uh, I don't know how often it will happen, but him and I are in talks about the next episode involving Chuck and myself uh, once again, uh, just like old times. Uh, and so stay tuned for that. Um, but I think think that there's Star Joe's merchandise, there's all that fun stuff. Patreon, you get more episodes of Star Joe's through Patreon. Uh, it's as low as $3 a month. I think that's everything. So with that, I will go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Those knuckles kick your ass! Los locos kick your face! Los locos kick your balls into us!